Yeah, man. Come on. Let's go. Right now. Right now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm a certified, qualified, West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right. And today I'm talking to all of you from the Pico Youth Family Center in the city of Santa Monica, California. Hello, citizens of Santa Monica and all of California all over the world. Sitting next to me is my co-host, my partner. Oh, shit. Holy Moses. Noli, I love it. Holy cannoli. Top five right here. American contemporary. Chumahan Bowen. American Indian. Southern California. I was thinking. Elegant barbarian. The sadistic one. Oh, come on. Let's go. Let's jiggle those niblets. Let's jiggle those goddamn niblets. Spend my life running around. Yes, you at the Flying J. Yes, you at Love's Truck Stop. Put down that AW hamburger. Nah, you don't need to listen to any Conway, Twitty. Come on! Come on! And burning out and turning out the same. on the highway. Come on! And show me a sign. We'll take it to the limit one more time. And on sound, old blue eyes himself. Oh, yes! Uh, Come on! Huh! Shit, boy! Yeah! Back at it, Sean Lewis! You take the from the Audio money. Professional. You take the money from the Engineer! With a hard take the thunder from the mountain! This is my song, bro! Lightning from the sky! Come on, Danny! Come on! Al-Qaeda. You got to ride it, hide it, hide I'm talking to you. The only way is down the road. And extraordinaire and extraordinaire showrunner, Mr. Schwartz. Yo, what up, fellas? Going down. What's up, Schwartz? Back again. It's yeah. a good word. All of them, man. All of them. You good? Yeah. yeah. Good. How are you? I'm good. I like the black and gold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little yeah. bit of purple. Yeah. yeah. The you, I know the you like a little purple. Yeah. I do like a little purple. Okay. Yeah. If it's right. Yeah. Money. Yeah. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
on visuals. Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. 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 Yo, Ali on the visuals. You already know. You know what time it is. Oh, oh, if that didn't wake you up, we got a hot cup of coffee that will. All right. Boom. Our reoccurring in-house photographer, Uh, Mr. Michelangelo. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Greetings and salutations to everybody at the Hot Luck Show. What's up, y'all? What up? And dude, got a that's an radio espresso voice, shot man. right there. Yeah. Hey, what up, guys? Is um, coming out there. Greetings and salutations, all you little rock hustlers. That top forty. <laughs> this is Big Big Mike coming at you with another cut from Jefferson Starship. You know what it is. Yeah. Come on, come on, Big Big, Big Big Mike. Hey, he's rubbing the mic on his groin. I think Big Big groin. Mike's uh, walk-on song should have been. Uh, don't stop believing by Journey. <laughs> oh, dude, that we would never get to Journey. We, we love that song way too much. But That'd listen, have been it. listen, let's stop uh, uh, fucking uh, yeah. around. Okay, and coming aboard. Oh shit! Back again. It's been months. When you get dark, zero dark, zero dark. You never know what to expect. And Danny from the Soul Dark Zero Danny. What's up, Danny? Yes. Yeah. What's up, Danny? Nothing, nothing. Just pulling up on my family. Motherfucking right. Hey, right. Motherfucking dude, Danny. What up? Since, I mean, you were heading, and I don't know if everybody knows, along with being motherfucking G.I. Joe and about that, a fucking super dad and a million other things this motherfucker does, he's an incredible fucking photographer. And great videographer, great eye. And he was, he like took off in between when we last talked to him, he was really starting to kind of like engage. And then we just lost sight of Danny in person. But all of a sudden we started seeing him emerge through right. we- on the digital world, websites, uh, social and medias. And you start seeing what this dude started opening up a fucking can of fucking Badass shit. Wait a second. But, but what did he emerge with? Like, what is it? Fucking that whole moto, inner city moto, Meek Mill. I don't even know what you call They're riding with all the motorbikes and the quads and everything. Yeah, all the bike Man life. fucking dropped in deep into that world. He'll tell you, he'd been bouncing from fucking Florida to fucking Philly to fucking SF to New York. All the cities, dude. Like, in it with these cats. Representing Soul Assassin, cookies, and fucking capturing all this. Videos and photography, correct? Yeah, all the... How I mean, did you, fuck, uh, how did you come crazy. up How did you come up on that? Um, Actually, right after I did this, I had went to Florida with some friends, and they introduced me to it. Because I was, I just didn't want to be in the same lane as everybody else in our crew and everything. So, you know, I wanted to do my own thing yeah. and kind of branch off. And even though it wasn't like 
part of our normal get down. You know what I mean? I seen something that was going to be bigger than people seen over here. How did it, how did, it, yeah. how did it start out? Like, I mean, when did you first, like, in your mind, did somebody come up and say, bro, you got to check this shit out? No, one of my friends at the time, she uh, told me to come check this out. And I thought it was dope because I'm into extreme shit. Right. So, I've rode bikes before. I did all that. I almost killed myself on a bike. So I was like, this is right up my alley. Let's go check it out. And right. then went out there, and it was a wrap after that. When you go day, out to check, like, are you talking about Florida? Yeah, in Florida. Okay. So when you go out to check something out, how do you, what what gear do you bring with? Are you bringing any gear, or is it just you? No, I went out there. I had my camera and everything. But I just went out there not knowing, like, and it's different. Like, shooting action stuff. Yeah, is way different than oh I'm gonna shoot this broad that's half naked like standing still. Mm. This is like you have a moment to catch it and then it's gone. You can't replicate that scenario no again. Take, like, shoot it over yeah, again. Like, that shit. This so, is in traffic live shit. Not like let's set up a s whole thing. And so let's not forget the fact it's fucking at high speeds, dangerous oncoming traffic. Yeah, on well, top of all that. Right. So then let's let's look at it. So it's kind of like it's. I mean, maybe it's a little bit like trying to capture nature. There's no redo. It's whatever's happening right in front of you, like hunts, yeah. kills, all that stuff. Everything. Falls, I, people wrecking, everything. I got all that kind of shit. Cops chasing us, like <laughs> every single thing that you could imagine, It's it, I've had it on camera. And how immersed is hip-hop into that movement? Oh, yeah. You'll see in every music videos nowadays, it's huge. You'll see in music videos, there's p people on dirt bikes or these rappers that want to get dirt bikes and start doing shit. And well, wait a now, second. Now, is it dirt bikes or is it rice rockets? No, no, no. no. We're talking dirt bikes. Dirt bikes. bikes. Solely moto. Quads, yeah. Motocross. Dirt bikes yeah. and four-wheelers, like yeah. quads. How is a, let me ask you this. How is a, a hip-hop dirt bike, would it be different or tricked out in a different way than a regular dirt bike, or is it? No, it's not even about the the dirt bike being tricked out or nothing like that. It's about just your style, your riding, the vibe you bring. Like everybody on a bike is literally on a bike to get away from shit that's going on in their life. You know what I mean? So yeah. help me out a second here, all right, Dan? Because I'm in I'm in the world from the fashion standpoint or from the apparel standpoint, the industry and all our stuff, but. At, so let's just say it was about 2011, so maybe 2012, and I'm running, you know, sales marketing over at Young and Reckless. Right. And we engage Meek. And we decide, we think at that point in time that it's a good idea. We're just kind of being turned on to this whole moto thing around 2012. But it's coming to us through Meek Mill. We're, we know that it's in some other places, but there isn't a big face behind it like Meek was, right? So yeah. we we were like, you know, some of our guys were out there checking shit out, and then they came out here and brought their bikes. Meek comes from Philly to L.A., and they have all their bikes fucking trucked over, right? Yeah. Motorcycles, 250s, quads. And I throw out the idea to drama and d hey man let's because we're gonna do a shoot with him for young and reckless i go well, why don't we have a stev on do the photo shoot and the video let's do it all so we got a stev on and we went out to the fucking dunes and fucking we filmed this thing and i was blown away in real life what that shit was when they mobbed out and there was about they had about 20 guys and 20 bikes 
I mean, quad bikes, everything. But, yeah. And they were in L.A. And we're, yeah. And uh, it was, this shit was powerful, man. It had, it was dope, man, to see it, man. Esteban did, it got dope shit. And that's kind of how I got introduced. And that's what started introducing me to looking further into it and seeing really how this, this movement was spreading, bro. And very deep in like the Northeast and some of the Southeast and particular areas, you know, and how engaged or how enmeshed hip hop was with all this, man, the hood and like all that. It's, it, it comes from that. Yeah. We graduated from bikes, bicycles, you know, now the hood said, fuck it. We're going to get on real bikes. Like that's the bike now. Like we don't ride around on bicycles no more. We're this is shit. We're twenty one, right? <laughs> the smallest thing they're riding or those little fucking yeah, the, uh, the mini bikes, right? The yeah, mini, mini bikes. Because I see those. I seen crews of them that Bro. got them going forty miles an hour. Yeah, yesterday. I seen a couple of kids on the on in downtown LA. We, me yeah. and Mike been talking about doing yeah. something with cookies with them. I, I rode from downtown yesterday all the way to to Venice and fucking through Sunset, Melrose, everything. And there was a mini bike that was rocking with us the whole time. Right. Really? Yeah. He and was how just fast like, is it going? Oh, we slowed down. We we don't go fast because we're on quads, so we're mm-hmm. just wheeling and we're going the control. Yeah, taking our time. We're not trying to speed wheelie and and do the mini all that bike shit. hung the whole time. Yeah, he was chilling. We'd have to stop a bunch just because it's gas. Right. But <laughs> after a while, he was like, "I'm gonna head back." We're like, "Yeah, cool. We're we're, we're, we're done babysitting right now." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But. Yeah, they're outside. Everybody's outside. And that's funny that you said the thing about Meek because one of my boys, one of my really good friends in this shit, he's a clutch, the bike star. He's he's from New York, right? Okay. So me and him got super close. That's my boy. His name's Clutch? Yeah, Clutch. And he's from New York. Yeah, okay. so there's, and there's clicks within all of this shit, so. Right, he, right, that's what I heard. Yeah, so he's a bike star, so like they're their own click, like, so they got people all across America that they think that, that are, rep them. yeah, rep them that like put them like on, like kind of like how Rough Riders was for yeah. a minute, right? It's like a hood, like right. They put them on. Now they're whatever their name car, is, bike car, star. Like car club. Yeah, exactly. So name plus bike star. So he's my boy. So he's like, come out to New York, come out with me. Boom. He's like, all right, we're gonna go do some shit. We're gonna ride. Da da da. da. Pop up, fly to New York. Hop in the car. He's like got all kinds of weed for me. He's like, here, what do you want? Whatever flavor you want, <laughs> right? Go to the mechanic. He's got fentanyl, Xanax. <laughs> nah, bro? hell no, yeah. not nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. So then we go. He's like, we're gonna go to the mechanic and leave your bag over there. I was like, all right, cool. Boom, we leave my bag. Don't even go to the house. Hop on bikes and head to like head to. Times real gorilla Square. shit, huh? Yeah, head you to, fucking show up and bro, like, where are we going? I didn't even, yeah. bro. I didn't even sit down. I got hot, hopped right on the bike and we rode all the way to Times Square. Met up with Meek Mill, Jim Jones, and all of them, and rode through Times Square and all that shit with Meek really, Mill. Really, dog? Oh, that's crazy. Within like hours of getting shit, dude. Off Look of at the that fucking, shit. Badass man. Within Don't... getting off of the fucking bike, off the plane, I was on a bike with Meek Mill. I was like, this shit is crazy. Meek's a fool, huh? Going through Times Square, like, when you're going through Times Square like that, you're just, like, in awe, like, and everybody's there at Times Square to look look at Times Square, but they're all looking at you. And you're just, like... That's crazy, It's, like, the biggest stage that you... You know what I mean? Look at that shit, bro. It's crazy. I think it's dope, bro. Do you have a setup for a camera on your bike so that you can... My body. 
So you got like a what? Bro, a GoPro? I'm like, I'm like, I'm wondering no, the whole time. No. Wait, I'm why like, you ask that? I've been wondering this whole right, time. What the fuck are you doing? Like, are right. you doing this shit? Bro, on no. one hand? that's you why. Doing? Like, even fuck my yeah. boy, one of our our boys the other day, we had a huge ride out. We threw a huge ride out here for MLK and had like hella bikes, probably a thousand bikes out here, shit. riding with us, right from across the nation. Like they oh. came, yeah. Right, so we're riding out there, and we get off the bike, and he's like, "Bro, how the fuck do you do that?" Because I literally, a camera's set up for you to shoot with your right hand, right? Yeah. But the throttle's on the right hand. Yeah. So I'm on a quad, too. So I use, I willy, I do everything, too. So I'll fucking be riding, have my camera strapped around my neck, yeah. get in position, put my left hand across my body to grab that. And the whole time, I'm shifting, downshifting with my left foot, just engaging with the, you know what I mean? The so gears. The gears, yep. but without a clutch. Right. And then I'm still leaning over, laying down, like shooting pictures and doing all that shit at the same exact time. That's badass. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Bad. So my boy's like, bro, how the fuck do you... Usually people will be like, all right, we'll get a quad, I drive, and you'll be on the back and you just shoot. Right. right. But I do it all by myself because, bro, I got tired of fucking... I don't want to be a man on another man's back like that. Right. Like, and when they're going to make a, a quad cool where the gear's on the left side for you. You know what I mean? Like, that way could. You, just, you could. could do, you, you could, could alter shit. Cherry like, rig it. Yeah. Hell yeah. But, 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 but do you think it changes the quality of your shots that you're engaged in the actual activity itself? I probably miss some, but I make so many more. That you get, you miss fuck. a lot, but Can't you might get some. Nobody shit. can. Right. Ain't nobody going to tell me shit. Ain't nobody shooting and doing that shit like I am. <laughs> Doing the passenger work yeah. that I'm doing, like, I don't give a fuck. Right. That's like some Werner Herzog shit, man. That's like, th those are the type of documentarians that, like, get into the actual fucking thing. And they're shooting it, directing it, you know, doing it, and all that yeah. other shit. Like, yesterday, I, I, I rode, I didn't take my camera, not nothing. Even my boys are like, man... West don't even want to fucking take pictures no more. He's just enjoying himself so much. And sometimes it's like that. I'm not always out there just to take pictures. I want to go out there it's and part of your relief too. myself too. It just so happens that's what I do. But that's part of your your lifestyle. Yeah. So you're working in, but you want to be able to put up the work shit yeah, and exactly. engage in your people and your shit. Yeah. Hey, like, so <clears throat> when you go out to Florida and you're kind of sort of being introduced to this, and, and is that the time that you got hooked up with whoever? Oh, or? yeah. That was the time when I clocked in with started seeing this shit and building these relationships. Yeah. And then once I got back over here, and it's weird, though, because over there, you see, if I go over there right now, they're at the very beginning of their lowrider community really taking off now. Mm. Okay. And we're at the very beginning of our bike life stuff taking off. So it's right. like I seen the exchange of cultures starting to grow on both sides right now. That's interesting. Cool. You know, I'll say, I, I, because I've ridden quads all my life, right? But I was like on a reservation or I was out in the sticks. So I wasn't like, doing anything in the city with it necessarily and actually dirt bikes and, and quads at that time when i was coming up was kind of like a kind of i mean a redneck thing kind of right yeah and florida obviously is kind of famous for its rednecks but the issue is is <clears throat> i'm seeing other cultures grab that and put it in other kind of 
um, environments and seeing what it can do in other environments. Do you think that the influence came from the southeast and it and it's pushing this dynamic? Um, nah, it came from the east, like Philly and all that shit. We're mm-hmm. making them from. That's like the is that that's where it the, came from? That's like the motherland of where this shit like started, and then it just grew from there because they don't even like. To be honest, the East Coast don't even pay attention to us like that on the West Coast on this bike life shit yet quite. Yeah. Because we're so young. Even though we got people out here that can put up with a lot of them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we're just so young. There's, like, so many dynamics behind things that we're not even up to date on, like people that are beefing because of this and that. But that whole bike life shit is, like, a whole community of of stuff, like, that we're not even in tune yet with out here right and i know because of the relationships that i have out east you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. the only reason i know a bunch of shit about what the culture is and why people don't fuck with certain people and what the really the real dynamic behind the most of the relationships does everything have to have some kind of politics attached to it always <laughs> always hmm. always and that's that's just how human nature and I think everybody too, man, like there's a piece of everybody wants to be a part of. Everybody wants to, once there's a few people want to create a community of something cool. And once that community starts to gain, other people see it and they want to be a part of that. They want to join something. And it goes for everything. I think it goes for it in that. Certainly car clubs, motorcycle gangs, motorcycle clubs, like all these click-offs, neighborhoods. So this, and when you have that then you have a group of people with a common goal and that's where you're going to have all the politics that go on in between. You, you know, know what? I agree with that. In in obviously every nation, every subculture, all that stuff. How's I mean, Danny, it represented? What does it mean? Who are, you know, all that shit. And Danny makes a good point. A human, wherever the humans are, there's going to be some politics. But <clears throat> I am also thinking that while you're right, like it, there is a common goal. There's like a point at which in these, any culture... Where the common goal gets overridden by the goals of politics, and you start losing the, the focus. Integrity of yeah. It, yeah. yeah, right. What it, the pureness that's, of what I it think was. That's why, like, I've got to see that shit. So, like, I that's why I focus on the different shit with the guys that I fuck with out here. Right. Like, I I get companies that I work with, like the Bang shit, or like Cookies, or the Litco, or like Soul Assassin. I'll get these companies to fork out some bread and then we go like we went and handed out turkey whole ass turkey dinners to families this last thanksgiving yeah with some of the guys another time we went out there and fed the homeless with all the guys from bikes like we all went out there went to skid row the other homie that i have lane he has no legs he rides with us he has prosthetics on a four-wheeler he went out there he cooked for all the homeless people and we got together and gave out food. Like, guy with no legs is over there cooking for a bunch of homeless people. I sure. like the sound of that. Sure. You know what I mean? It, is there an aspect of it that, because, I mean, there's a certain kind of spirit that goes with riding a bike and being in the outdoors and feeling the fucking power and feeling the wind in your face and all that shit. At least that's how I feel when I ride bikes, right? Like, yeah. there's an aspect of it where you feel real free. Is any of that, um, because, you know, uh, does any of that seem like it is healing in a way? Yeah, of course. That's why everybody's out there. They're trying to escape, heal, get a, get a moment away from everybody for freedom. 
All right. All right. I hear that about car clubs. I hear that about all sorts of these social surfing, skateboarding, whatever. Like, but if they're in a group, it's a chance for them to break away from their normal life and almost be a kid or be what you know what I'm saying. Like, it's an escape of some sort, bro. Especially our group that our our packs that ride together. We have packs. Our whole pack is a bunch of people that don't even shouldn't even be. In the same room, hanging out, chilling together. Right, you know guy I mean? works at UPS. Because I got no, nah, hell no. I got we got Bloods, Crips, Essays. You know what I mean? You got everybody, Paisas. You got every single crew there that don't fuck with each other on the regular. Like mm. you know what I mean? But then, do you have a UPS driver in there too somewhere? <laughs> Probably I'm sure so. There's I'll, a few, right? I'll guarantee. Because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe the UPS and the FedEx guy get down. Parking <laughs> on the fade. Um, no, but, but so through this, that's almost like this neutral thing where all of them, it's, it's a brotherhood amongst brotherhoods. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, even the people that are there that, you know what I mean? They want to get away from that shit every once in a while. You know what I mean? That's bigger than their differences. They, they everybody subscribes to that. Yeah. Because it's, they're there for that. There's an understanding amongst them because they know that they're there for that one same reason. That same, they're there because they understand that that person's there for the same reason that they're there. That feeling of getting away from all that bullshit that they're dealing with. You know what I mean? Exhilaration, yeah, adrenaline, like having fun, enjoying yeah. your shit. Like everybody's there initially to have fun, and then sometimes that shit gets lost into competition and this and that because everybody wants to be seen, heard. That's why they're there. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's my perspective, at least. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. I can't speak for everybody, but from what I see and what I see in the community, that's what I see. So we, but, but we, you feel like, or you know, Philly was really the ones that really took this shit and really started making this happen? This is the East Coast. I'll give it that. I don't want to say specifically because I know somebody will listen and be like, nah, 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 my grandma started <laughs> that shit. Because what makes, because if you think about this, if you think about it, you would almost want to say, how did that not come out of the West Coast? We have so much right. more access to this stuff. There's way more, that makes way more sense. On the West Coast than it does the East Coast. Well, this is why I was thinking maybe right. it was like a country thing. Right, or because, a country thing. Right, or the West, because the open spaces is that you right got. Like, before, you. there was no, there was no, like, club. But, but maybe like, that never made it special. I don't know. But at Blue Mountain, where my cabin is, right, my my whole entire life, I've ridden quads and dirt bikes up and down that shit. And most of the roads are logging trails, so there's no, there's no like pavement or whatever. And you're doing shit and fucking around, but you're having that same experience of being free. No one's watching you. You want to go fast, you go fast. You want to go slow, you want to you try something, you can. Blah, 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 blah. So I was thinking like maybe, and that's why I said redneck, but I was meaning country. And there's a lot of African-American rednecks, you know, they, they're from the country and they might be sure. doing the same shit. Or hunting. I've hunted on quads before. So I, that's why I was thinking that. But if it started in Philly, this thing, East Coast, inner city, East Coast, then, then that's that. But... You know, I've read a lot of uh, books about people who, on the East, there's a lot of interchange between 
uh, family members that some are living in the city and some are living in the country and they're related and they visit each other in the summers. And so there may be some influence that gets picked up that way. I've also seen situations where dudes that got gaffled up in the north, they move down to the south to their cousins to just let shit, you know, whatever, cool out. And then they might get exposed to some country living that's actually something they might enjoy. Yeah. So... What so what and, and so where would Meek Mill do you think Meek Mill was able to kind of center in on this or how did he? It's, it's around him. It's that whole area yeah. is just engulfed in that. And it was culture. probably engulfed in it. And there's probably was a couple other, but he was the guy that was hot and chose to take that with him. Right, and, and he got into part it. of his. He got into it as a kid too. Right, there's videos yeah. of him doing it super young, and mm-hmm. the guy went to fucking jail for it, bro. Yeah. Right, I mean, like that's also so, why but he used that. He brought that with him to his yeah. music, and he was hot, and he stayed on it. Like it was around, but there wasn't a face to it. Is what I'm saying. Meek Mill was what I tie and associate the face of it, and right. it probably needed that to get it out there, because, and I'm sure that that was responsible. That was fucking oh, 2011, 12, I'm talking right, about. Right, right. In over that time, this thing's done nothing but grow like cancer. Sure. I mean, I also think that, like, in certain level, the economic situations that we're in right now. <laughs> we're loaning itself to that, right? Absolutely. Cheaper Fuck gas, yeah. fucking blah, 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 right? Bro, I, I could ride my bike all day on, like, $8. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, why? I, don't, I, I could be distracted and have fun all day for eight dollars right why what what would you 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 gonna do for me for eight dollars that's gonna have make me have that much fun you'd be distracted and meanwhile motherfucking miss kim fucking leaving her work (laughs) or run your ass over because you're not paying attention yeah so what's up with the falls man you said you caught some of that footage i mean do these guys fall a lot Oh yeah, really? Yeah, everybody falls, especially they're all trying to push it. Like, right? There's a whole, there's a whole culture in it about like who could do the best tricks, this and that, right? Or like people that put passengers on the bikes and do stuff with them. Like, there's different like brackets within them, so it's just when they push it, yeah, it's inevitable. That's and crazy, I see them man. fall all the time too. This should sometimes it would be really bad, sometimes it ain't too bad, but any hospital trips like Oh, all the time. Yeah. yeah. All the time. Road rash? Yeah. Road rash is normal. That's yeah, I mean, those that's bikes just, aren't light. Fuck no. Yeah. Hey, my my sister, she's she's pregnant. She's about to deliver a little fucking baby. My nephew in March. Her husband TD Tyler Daniels, if he's listening to this, you know, I'm talking about you, you it's little kind, fucker. It's country, right? Uh, yeah, Tyler out of Oklahoma, out of Oklahoma, you can't get much more like fucking yeah. country crock than that. Sure anyway, you good guy. He's good to my sister. At her baby shower, which was in Arizona. He got on a quad, and where we're at up in Scottsdale, there's a bunch of, like, just desert behind the houses with washes and everything. And this Jamoke gets on a fucking quad, and he's riding around, going fast. I don't know what, by himself, he hit barbed wire. Oh, shit. <laughs> right? Wrapped around the tire, he flew, the thing landed on top of him, right? A quad landed on top of him, yeah. right? And the fucking thing. So my my sister, who's like, you know, six months pregnant, gets a call from TD. He's like, 
She went to go. She rescued him. The pregnant mom went to rescue the husband, and she got him. And he was on the ground with a huge cut right below his eye. He had to get stitches. Broke three ribs, right, Hell and yeah. was laid up, and his ribs still ain't right, and he's got a permanent scar. And my sister was like, "He's got a scar." I'm like, "You're a girl. I know from your perspective, a scar in the face is the worst thing, but he's gonna be able to lie about that scar later <laughs> and look like a tough motherfucker." And blah 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 blah. <laughs> right? Which do you prefer? Do you prefer a quad, or do you prefer dirt bike, or you don't compare the two? Um, I'm just I prefer a quad because I'm shooting pictures. You know, right. it's easier for me to manage all that shit on a dirt bike. It's gonna be ten times harder to do all that shit. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm just like, fuck it, quads my way to go, and it's I, it's less shit I gotta worry about. Yeah, but I mean, people think quads are somehow safer, but they're not. They can be there's like turning when you're going fast and turning, you can fucking roll a quad real fucking. Easy. Yeah, you gotta know how to shift your weight and do all that shit, and then especially. When you're getting chased, it's a lot harder too because then you can't just squeeze between two little ass cars with a bike. So you gotta, you're taking sidewalks, whatever the fuck you gotta do. You ever been chased? Yeah, last night. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Like, so, what, so what happened? <laughs> Nothing. They just try, they can't fuck with us. Like, come on. I gotta, all I gotta do is turn around three times and get in traffic and you're fucked. You wait, 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 wait. So, allegedly allegedly last night you were rolling yep and who was it did the lights come on hell yeah and when the lights come on does that excite you? you're like yeah i got this bitch now <laughs> no i just think this guy's a dickhead and he's stupid and why is he fucking with us because right. it's like bro you know that you're not gonna catch us but then sometimes they do catch people because there's like we call them worms, new guys that are, get bikes and they don't know what the fuck they're doing and then they panic and they're like, oh, freak the fuck out. So then they either like wreck, they fucking stall out or fucking do something else stupid and then get caught. So right. Those those are the guys that they're hoping to, to catch. Right. Oh. But the rest, the rest the of us just chill. A lot of times we'll just I'll just cruise and let them sit behind us for a little bit and then I'll just like, boop, just make one move and then it's done, like... Really, they're waiting for it. Yeah, they're they're sitting there too. They're just. Do they ever? Has there ever been a time where they chased you a little bit and then like, but it was like in a certain extent, like they were having fun and you were having fun. Um, sometimes here, but I've been in other state. Like allegedly, when I was in Atlanta, <laughs> bro, that shit was crazy. That shit out they there is nuts. HDL? Like, no, they had they're allowed to hit you there. And they have battery rams on their shit, and they kill people. Last year, they killed somebody. This, and then my other homie, Joey Glocks, this fool, he fucking, the cop hit this fool, then drove his ass into the curb and crushed his leg, crushed his bike, and it, he's in he's in a whole ass thing with them right now over it. Holy he shit. just got better God, now man. to where he's he's man, cool. He on. could ride, but bro, that shit is crazy. They they don't play out there. They try to hit me, try to fuck me up and everything. I had I was gone. I had to get out on them. Their helicopter, everything. I had to take them to the airport so I could lose the helicopter. 
Bro, it was hey, that shit was GTA five. Yeah, to take him to the airport. Crazy. Yeah, no, Georgia's yeah, on some other shit, there, man. No Georgia, fly zone. No fly zone. You gotta think about shit. This is shit that like people that come into this bike shit don't know. Like they gotta educate themselves on things like this. Like, all right, you're getting chased and you got helicopters. All right, let's this is the figure mistake that out. most people made coming in this world. <laughs> they just don't know what you uh, step in. But I mean I mean, there's also a part of me that's like, you know, maybe you're built for this kind of shit, Danny. Yeah, I mean, Danny, this you're built a, for if anybody is. No, Danny. no, no. I'm not trying to say it like that. I'm trying to say it like, I mean, go with him, Chumahan. Why can't you roll with him? I could part? roll with him. Uh, you know why? I'm gonna be real. I would like this. All right, listen. You wanna know why? Why? You wanna know why? Yo, skin ain't dark enough, boy. Wow. Except my wife won't let me. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. My wife's skin is dark, and she gonna fucking rip my dick off if I get hurt. On a bike? Because Tigra, my daughter, she right. gonna. My wife don't hey, brother, play that. I man, I, that's hey one thing. And dog, believe my you son, me, if my son showed up wanting to ride a motorcycle. I'd be bummed the fuck out, dude. No, no, that's that I've lost Jewish guilt right there, bro. Fan. I've lost friends <laughs> straight up in my life. You've lost, I lost friends. friends early on. Yeah. I lost three friends early on. Yeah, got taken out, and it oh, was wow. on all three. It wasn't even their fault. Right, two were sitting on both on a bike. Right, got taken out. The other two, one just got ran over, and the other one just got waiting at a light, just got taken out by a motherfucking cab. Listen, I've ridden bikes through L.A. I've done it, and I wasn't married and all that other stuff, and I wasn't trying to do anything crazy either. I wasn't like trying. And you to... almost got killed. Nah, no. But the bike slid out from you at least once or twice, and I definitely fucked up my entire side of the leg. And I pretended like it didn't hurt, you know, all the other shit. But every time I took a shower, it was like fucking fire on my fucking shit. I laid the I laid a seven fifty turbo down on La Cienega on that on ramp. That fucking they had a seven fifty turbo Kawasaki. Yeah. And when you hit a certain amount of RPMs, this turbo kicked in. Yeah. And I was just getting on the bike, just getting on the bike. It wasn't even my bike, bro. And I was borrowing it for like a few hours. <laughs> and I got on, and I was going. Too fast uh-huh. on this fucking on ramp, yeah. and I go and I'm going to look, to, and it fucking shot out from under me the fucking <laughs> bike, man. And back then, I ended up having to pay fucking hundreds of dollars. Hey, to get my this dad, guy's bike fixed. my Flip, dad, my whole shit was fucking. My dad was 360 pounds, but he was always trying to like fucking do some fucking bike shit. shit. Oh, dude. Yeah. So he had a real uh, big ass Kawasaki fucking dirt bike, street legal, right? Mm-hmm. Big fucker, enduro. I don't know what it was, but it was a real dirt bike, and it was in Arizona where they got the washers on and all this other stuff. So he would ride around, but he was only on the pavement, right? He would ride around, and he would be mixing those giant fucking venti size fucking rum and cokes, you know, with the neighbors, right? Who's that? He, he had drinking one, rum and cokes out there on the fucking fat as fuck. Swear to God. Now listen, That's the best. He <laughs> he had a, a monster client. Uh, Steve Clapp, if you're listening to this, uh, you don't pay him my money, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. But right. Steve Clapp is son uh, to the warehouser fortune up in Washington, which is the biggest logging, one of the biggest ones in the world. Mm-hmm. Guy's worth $350 million. And my dad ingratiated my, himself, with, right? So right. this guy, Steve Clapp, who only went to like... You know, like boarding schools and, you know, da-da-da, hair plugs, all that stuff. Wanted to be a tough guy. So my dad had him and Lou and everybody out and they're drinking. And uh, this guy, Steve Clapp, 
got on the bike, was going around the neighborhood circle, and then when he went in front of the guys, he was smoking a cigar too. When he went in front of the guys, Steve Clack stood up on the on the pegs and he lifted his his head and had the cigar clenched in his teeth, right? And he was like, ah! <laughs> and he ran smack into someone's house. Oh, no, shit. And fucked his whole face up, fucked <laughs> everything up. Man. What's his name? Steve Clapp. Two P's. Two Steve Clapp got clapped on. He, oh, he got clapped on. Yeah, he, got, right. yeah, he, got he got fucking clappy. Have you ever seen guys Damn. like showing Shout off and maybe they went like a worm oh, showing off? Oh. It's all the time. Everybody that is in bike life that has a camera always says it. As soon as you bust out the camera, everybody tries Crash. to go crazy. They're like, this is my Pull out moment. The camera, they're <laughs> hey, they all think. This is my moment to shine, <laughs> and then big break. that's when they fucking they fucked up. They that's the moment. That's too much. That's the moment. Quick. Yeah, they got too juiced up on that shit. Yeah, because that shit goes so bad you gotta be sometimes. When you pull the camera out. Oh no! I no, just, no, you I gotta just, wait for the. No, crash. I just gotta keep shooting. Is yeah, what the thing is, yeah. sometimes I'll like. Oh fuck! I'll be right behind them when they wreck, so I gotta, gotta look swerve out, out the way. Yeah. yeah. And not run over the motherfucker. So that's why it's like hard because I'm one hands on the wheel across my body and everything. So it's like, right. Fuck. But see, the reason why I was that's saying crazy. that Danny's built for this not to gas him up, but I was thinking about the last time we talked to Danny. He was down in the middle of the protests and fucking on the front lines facing crazy fucking, I can only imagine the adrenaline that was going at that time. And then before that, dude, you, you were in combat and stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, how does a guy like Danny, you know what I mean? Like, how do you say, all right, well, now it's time for you to get your little house and your two-car garage and you're going to lay down and chill out and fucking, Fuck. right? <laughs> no, am I wrong? No, you're right. Hey, that's like that's the thing that I've probably been battling with right now, like the most in my life. Like, cause since that last thing, like my marriage is gone to shit. It's fucking done. Mm. So everything's kind of like gone awry. Yeah, I know that was that was a, another kind of thing. Without me speaking out of term, you were kind of going through that. And would you say that you kind of pursuing this? was was kind of something that came along with the separation like you took advantage of that to kind of find yourself or yeah get, i kind up out of it and you know? i kind of like i think i like got involved in it for the same reason everybody else is involved in it you right know what I mean? of course and away. that's to get away to like right. escape but then i like complicated it by doing other shit you know that wasn't conducive but did to you that part of my life right so fuck that all up Right, because you just dove in, really yeah, dove in, right. I just like went all the way in and fucking used that and just ran, you know. Right. So that's your question because it is. Right. It's not just it's not just vets or whatever, but it, I've been I've read, <clears throat> I've I've been reading about, I did a lot of reading about the drone guys, not just the guys that sit back and pilot the drones and then the intelligence that goes in, but the teams that are working with the drone guys once they get a target and they get the green light. And those guys that are waiting for the drones to give the targets and give the green light, like, they're waiting. They're not like, oh, uh, we don't want to go out again. They're pumping up and waiting for the next mission because they they, that's how they're built. They want to have that fucking situation. Oh, yeah. The hunt. And then when these guys come home, right, what... I'm like reading about it and I'm like, you know, and it's a pretty like it happens a lot A lot of these guys have a hard time trying to settle back down into some kind of domestic situation when they've been like three or four years 
out there in a real situation with different things going on. What do you think? Do you think? I mean, of course, it's possible, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is what kind of work would be required for somebody to be able to let that go so that they would settle down? Or is that maybe not possible? Fuck. I don't even know. You see me fidgeting, <laughs> buttoning up my jacket over here, like yeah. Hey man, you know? there's a dude. You're on. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a comparison, right? Go ahead. A similarity right now, because he is going there, and he's seeking that. Now, if you were to backtrack and start looking at motorcycle clubs, yeah, bro, yeah. When they really started growing in the 60s, right? In the 70s, half of it was compiled of vets. Vets that felt like they had been done wrong and left out. Vets that were almost rebels and that were going to ban up because they showed up and they were shit on. And now all they had was each other. Right. And they jumped on these bikes with nowhere to go except their unity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. That, there's no coincidence that that looks like this right now for him in this day and age. It's still seeking out, where do I go to feel comfortable or fulfill, except I need to find my tribe that also lives on the edge as well. Well, so here's the thing. Like, so, Ian, that, that on the road, nobody can stop me type of mentality. That guy. Unclench your fists. <laughs> that guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, There's but a bond that they need to deal with to live in this world, they've got to have that. Yeah, but there's a disparity between like what you're saying makes total sense to me. And I've been reading in preparation for Black History Month because I'm like, all right, Sean was like, we, but the person I'm reading on is a dude from LA. I won't give too many details. There's a dude from LA who fought in World War II and was one of the bravest motherfuckers again on, when he came back. Right now, when he was over there, there were certain things he was fighting for. Part of what he was fighting for, there was also the camaraderie and all that stuff. But there was something that he was fighting for that when he came back, the world that he that there was ready for him there wasn't really about that. It was a different world. Did was does that's a World yeah. War II experience? Does that experience translate Bro, to you? It's just like all right. Remember last time I was here, I said I had not been with a woman that had loved me. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So that became a whole thing, a narrative in my life after I said that. So I had to further explain, like, I'm not a normal person. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, some dude that didn't have all this crazy-ass shit that we've talked about before happening in my life and everything. Trump. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. like, my, my intention behind saying that is, like, Everybody, it's well, I think it goes for everybody. Everybody needs to be loved a certain way, right? right. Yeah. And everybody needs to be loved different. We just all have different love languages. Now, imagine figuring that out with somebody that's been through all the shit I've been through. Like, it makes it even that more difficult. Sure. The more Dude, not only that, but I'll put it even out here like this because my girl and I go through this a little bit. And that is this, the expectations that society for the last 30 years mm -hmm. has instructed people to think mm -hmm. what love looks like mm -hmm. is at odds with the realities of a real partnership. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like you're saying love languages and da 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 da, da and that's true. But there's a, another piece that's beyond that, which is like, 
And I'm I, and when I say I'm dealing with it, I mean that my girl and I are going through these various stages together. And there's things that I thought when I was 20, things that she thought when she was 20 that love was supposed to be, right? And it looks a lot like what's been pumped by the media and everybody. So yeah. you buy silly shit, basically. Yeah. But the reality of it is a working partnership, as you know, with dudes probably in, in, in a platoon or a fucking outfit, there's sometimes fighting, there's sometimes this, that, and the other thing. That's part of it. That has to be part of it. It's not going to look like... But the, to get to the place in, a, in an outfit where the communication signals are looks, so nobody has to explain themselves and all that other stuff, it's a lot of actual work. It takes a long time to get there with a group of people. Yeah. And in a, in a relationship... The feeling of love doesn't mean that you're going to be able to communicate properly with the other person. That's just a feeling. Yeah, because the, the way that I've been taught, and I'm sure for Lucky too, is like when we're younger, like we were never taught to communicate. Like you shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Keep right. that shit to yourself. Yeah, mind your business. Don't fucking mind nobody else's business. You know what I mean? Right. And then I went to the military. Military is the same fucking yeah. way. That's like right. we don't talk. Yeah, no. We use hand no. signals like shut the fuck up man up let's go do this this and this and this and then you come back and there people are like hey you gotta use your words you're like yeah. you gotta communicate tell me how you're feeling yeah you're like what the fuck like but yeah. to be and honest that's like society yeah but to be honest like the people that i've been learning the most from about that shit is my kids right our kids nowadays their their emotional intelligence is so crazy it's remarkable like I sit down with my daughter and she'll talk to me and I'll be like, what the fuck? I'm like, wow. Right. You're tapped in. I agree with you that they're close to the source. Dude, I'll tell you something. Our generation's still dealing with so much trauma, bro. For real. Like generational trauma that we've endured because of the where we've come from we've endured and perpetuated unknowingly you know? man dude think and about the amount of knowledge that a 15 year old kid has today knowledge i'm not yeah. saying experience right knowledge right compared to when i was 15 simply didn't have access to everything you have but what does that do like what it does getting, too oh, it does a couple of things now number one this is another thing that i deal with in that regard hmm. And that is, there is a lot of knowledge, right? And so a person can actually feel like, I know about this. But the problem with it is, is that it's surface level knowledge. It's not experiential. Right. So, like, it's a hard navigation because I have people in my firm that I work with that are like Generation Z type people. And they have been exposed to a bunch of knowledge. And it's not even necessarily experience. Man... There's also a lack in our society of how to critique knowledge. Like you don't need a whole lot of experience to hear these messages or read an article and know like, wait a minute, there's certain elements that are missing or the logic doesn't flow. If you are not educated in understanding like this premise does not lead to the next premise but you're just reading the information from a surface level, you're not even going to be able to evaluate the intelligence of that, art, of that article. And you may go back talking about, well, what love is, is we're supposed to do X and I'm supposed to do Y and you're supposed to feel this. And you know, oh, man, I've been thinking about this so much with my girl. I'm building, and my way I look at it now between my wife and I, 
I'm building an empire. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not saying like, oh, that's what every man and woman say when they fucking get married for three years and then divorce. No, I'm talking about what I'm trying to build is more important than my own personal needs. Right, bro. Yes. But it doesn't look like always flowers. It also looks like letting my family discipline me. Letting, Are you trying to take care of family members you never even met before? No. Okay. No. Oh, you mean in generations to come? Right. Yes. But in order to do that, there are some things that I do that aren't good enough for that. There are some things that's been shown to me that's not good enough for that. Mm. Right? And... That's not about, and, and it goes the other way too. I'm not some fucking dude that just lets people walk. But the thing of it is, is that if what I'm trying to build is something for generations to come, that means my wife's generations to come too. That means my daughter's generations to come too. It's beyond what it is that I'm thinking about for me personally. And I'm not perfect at it. I mean, right. there's pieces that are missing from there in my, and that I'm working on. Well, it's, it's kind of what... I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I don't know about Jeffrey, Mr. D's manager, but me personally at this age and where I'm at in life, I have a lot of the things I want on a day to day. Right. You know? Right. Sure. Really nice condo that's paid for. No car note. Of course, uh, you know? Good health yeah. But I have the things. What I'm doing is I'm building, what I'm building is I'm building for Vincent and Sophia, my grandson. Right. I'm at this to hand that thing off. I don't. What, what, what do I want? Right. This is not about me at this stage again. There was time for that in my life, right? That I maybe didn't take care of, but this is now has nothing to do with me, right? You know. What does that make? Has, you, what does that make you think about, Danny? When you hear Steve and I talk about that, mm. I don't know. I'm just this whole conversation went a whole different direction. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this shit got deep. Work. I'm, I'm like, fuck. I don't know. How mics. many kids do you like, have again, Danny? Four. It's four. Man, these kids are gorgeous, bro. Oh, well, he puts up videos with yeah, his kids, yeah. chasing them around, playing with them. Yeah, that's, that's uh, my light. That's so. your light, man. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, what's that do to you, man, when you come out of the real world and you're with your kids, you know? What, are, how, what is, that's probably been the hardest thing is like dealing with that whole aspect of co-parenting and like trying to figure that out and like not get into this whole cycle of emotions and trying to like keep it cool and like you know yeah. i know that kids at a small age when they're young like that mm -hmm. somewhere in them either they talk about it when they're young or they wait and they talk about it older but naturally kids they want their parents to be together and when parents split for no matter what it is, better, for whatever it might be, the kids don't understand all that is involved. And I think a lot of times, man, kids are somewhat sad that they're... That for sure. Parents split. I was very happy that my parents split. So I didn't believe that everybody felt sad. But I think most kids feel sad about it. Oh, yeah. Because they'll, like, cry, like... They'll be with me and cry to go to her, and then they'll go with her and cry to be with me, and then they'll be 
So it's like a fucking thing. Like, oh, it's time for you to go back with mom. I don't want to go back with mom. You know? So like, that you, shit is the most heartbreaking thing ever. And the thing of it is, is like, I don't even think in terms of... Well, how about of, you go to pick up your kid and your kid don't want to come with you? Oh, that's... I mean, that, this goes both it ways. It happens. Right. It, it, happened, it happened to me last week. And it's like hard. Yeah. That is hard, bro. I've had not to take it personally. Yeah. Uh, oh. Absolutely. got to be a parent. Yeah. got to be an adult. Cartel last week didn't want to do that. He didn't want to come with me, but Osi wanted to come with me, so I just took one of them last Right, week. right, right. So Could like, make everybody happy. I'm like, all right, whatever you I'm want. Make you it know? happen. Yeah, when I think about that, and I think about my daughter, I think about, like, uh, I don't put it in terms of happy that they got divorced or sad that they got divorced. I don't really think about it like that because I don't even know if I'd even be honest with myself like in protecting my own feelings, I don't even know if I'd be honest looking at it and be like, well, I was glad they got divorced or I was, I was sad they got divorced. I don't know. It's, but the thing that stuck with me the most more than anything else in terms of just food for thought was um, a theorist that was talking about one of the crucial questions for every human is where did I come from? Like, you, you know, there's millions of theories and we got science and all sorts of shit. But at the immediate level, you know, as a child, you came from two humans coming together and boning or whatever. Eventually, you know that. And the issue then becomes that those two make up no matter which if the kid knows it or doesn't know it or acknowledges at a surface level or doesn't that kid immediately associates their complete being with those two halves. There's no way. So, and that's the first information that comes in. So as the child's developing whoever they are, they're comparing and contrasting. I'm more like this. I'm more like that. What am I like, right? So the relationship between those two halves that came together to create the existence of the person that's actually doing the questioning that relationship, without me saying which one is better or worse, I'm not even going to say that. I'm just saying that whole thing is highly influential on how the child's identity is developed and how they think their existence or the answer to the question of how did I come about right. flows from that. So when I think about, dude, all right, I'll tell you one. I used to fucking argue with my wife, right? And, uh, and and we still do from time to time, but we argue differently now. But there was a time where I took a little bit of man fucking pride and trying to put my wife in her pe- in her place. And and I will be able to because I'm an argumentative motherfucker and I and I keep going sometimes. How with your wife though? Even with my wife, that's part of the and that's part of the reason why she loves me. I'll tell you that, or at least respects me. I'm not some fucking punk dude that's not gonna push back. And she might not admit it in the moment, but there's times where after she denied everything, later would come back and be like, I thought about what you said and it's right. Okay. So in my mind, I thought, okay, that's a dance that we do. I wasn't even taking personally the arguments or whatever it was. I'm just saying, this is how she hears. This is how I hear. We're going to push both lawyers. So that's normal, right? And then, and I was doing that in front of the baby. Right. Nothing major. I wasn't like throwing fucking plates against the wall, but I was just talking loud and and saying shit. Right. And then one day it dawned on me that the baby, whether she thinks she understands or doesn't, is being influenced by the way my wife and I are relating to each other. 
energy. Of course. Your energy. Hell yeah. She's taking notes on all of it. All right. And even though I may and my wife may be play acting a little bit, the baby. Don't know that. So I, and this is hard for me to do. I took a conscious choice. And I'm telling you, but oh, bro. There are times that I work a full day. I come. <laughs> you made a conscious decision that you weren't going to do this in front of your kid. Did you make that decision amongst alone? Yes. That you weren't going to bite. You know why? She's not in on that. You know why? Because I was about to tell her. Oh, no. I actually had told her. I said, hey, watch how you talk to me in front of our daughter because our daughter doesn't know. And you can't be saying shit like that in front of the daughter, no. right? Hell no. Okay. Never. Right? Like, and if I talk back to you like that in front but of our man, girl daughter, you something. would flip the fuck out. Right, right, right. right. You don't want that shit. So I had said that shit, right? But I was still engaging in the argument shit, right? And, oh, boy, I'm telling you. And, like, I make breakfast for the baby every day. I'm also an attorney and work all day. I lift weights. I come home. I get the shopping. I bring the thing. I do at least one-third of the fucking cooking and planning, right, and carrying in the heavy shit, right? And then there's times where I've done it, everything that I'm supposed to do, and I come in, and my wife's first thing will be like, can you please be da-da-da? Like, one more fucking task. Fuck that shit, dude. Fuck living like that. Listen, this is I, I'm honoring you because Fuck you were honest, shit, so I'm going. Right? I'm going hey, right to it. Fuck that shit, huh? Fuck that. <laughs> Danny's like, I don't know what I'm saying. It's listen, all I'm board, saying, man. he's like, I don't. Listen, though. So she'd be like this, right? She'd be like, to hell with that. She'd be like, can you please get some more fucking? Uh, that thing is not off the floor or whatever, right? And I'll be like. Get my fucking fit. You see me. That's probably why I snapped on Schwartz. I'm really yelling at my. So yeah. I'm like, Ugh. You're the and cleaning then guy. All of a sudden, you're cracking cleaning guy. I said to myself, building an empire, and I love this woman, and then love the baby. There will be a time for us to address that maybe she's not. She's putting too much sauce on it, but it's not now when I'm in my feelings. Damn. Okay. Because we will. I'll pull her aside and be like, promise. I've already done it. Okay. I pulled her aside and said, listen, I want you to understand how it comes off. Yeah. yeah. Right? When I come home. What and, was she doing all day? Oh, she's working too. So but she's watching the baby working, but she doesn't, she's my law partner, so she's right there with me, right? Uh-huh. And so in the, in the law firm, I'm the oldest attorney and I'm the most experienced. So I run it. So you guys are together all day though. Yes, we are. And we are. We're fucking working and living and parenting all damn day. And to be honest with you, it oh. works way better than it should. We yeah, don't that's actually a lot have... of time together. Right. A lot of time together, bro. For real, for real. Like no, like it's healthy to have some time apart, you know? I mean I hey, do it comes to this hard luck show. That's why I love Saturdays. That is motorcycle club bro that is this hard luck show is the motorcycle yeah, club i come in here and say whatever it's on my mind fucking mind uh-huh and it is and also when i get up shorts in the, too when i get up in the morning shorts this is your motorcycle club right when i get up in the morning Mike too sean too <laughs> hard uh, too hey but when i get up you too ali too motorcycle club. get away Whoever's from your listening. mom you yeah. too <laughs> mr and mrs earbuds you too but in the morning's my away time when I'm lifting weights. I got four. I get up at four so that, and I don't. So get, that you have that. Yeah, I run and get it. 
That's right. Every day. And then in the office, I got the door closed and I'm running the show, so it doesn't, it doesn't. But my point in saying all that, this <laughs> is good deflection technique, Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Danny. Danny was like, enough about me. What I'm about so your marriage? So Let's get back to like, what's going to happen next yeah. with Danny? Yeah. Burnout. Yeah, yeah what's happening? You got? Yeah. What's on the calendar? Yeah, come and, on. And Danny, and, we are going to do some more collab work. Me and you. Some brand building stuff together. Yeah, I'm with it. And talk more cookie stuff. Like, do some vibe stuff with you. Maybe we figure out some Supermax plays. Yeah. With um, Mike. Yep, Maybe we can yep. collab with you and Mike. But what do you have on the calendar this year? Let us know. Where are you going to be? What's it, What you this got? Year, what you dropping? This year, um, February, I'm going to Miami. Huge ride out over there. I just came back from Columbia. Oh setting God. up stuff in Columbia. So, like, I just I'm was the first one trying to, like, build something there so that everybody from america could just go and it's all taken how care the of. whores in columbia did you get a whore while you were down there fuck no it's disgusting to me oh i hear all these great stories and yeah, but sudden, but, but not a whore. They're, disgusting. <laughs> they're disgusting that's it no okay. it's just like <laughs> listen no, thank god no, we got it. that it's out of the way listen that's not oh i don't even like it yeah it's a crazy question fake huge tits oh who likes that that's no, disgusting hey, everybody over there has tits and ass over there it's crazy you're just like it's a what factory a bummer. that's, that's terrible. terrible everything over there is just like built like that you know what that's horrible so what are you you know what i like is diversity what do you got coming i know i like you know what over there more natural where's the name with the guys, man. That's You're not right. The Fuck Time. these magazines and all the pressure. Yeah. Uh, so what's dude. coming up for for 2022? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you have in 2022? <laughs> You're going to Miami and Colombia. No. Unfortunately, Columbia, he's got to go no. to Colombia. He's only doing it for the so now. I'll probably be going to Colombia like every. I'm gonna try to come like every month or every Amsterdam couple months. Once a month. Every couple months. I was wondering why you lost all that weight. I don't know. You look like uh, you're doing a lot of exercise. You're I don't looking know. lean though. Yeah, I'm trying to. I switch my diet. I'm not. What do you want eat, now? Like, shit. Eating pussy like, only. That's <laughs> it. Only if it's vegan. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, no shade what grown you, pussy. You, it's only shade grown pussy. What are you planning that. to do? Fair with trade. All Oh, sorry. Oh, Blue oh, Eyes yeah, is yeah. trying to do a real oh, show. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me stop talking about... What are you planning to do with the uh, footage? So, I'm actually building stuff to try to get a movie started, like a series from HBO or Netflix. So, we already started filming, doing our, all the other stuff. And I've just been building <laughs> with everybody. Everybody, all those teams, they have, like, Bay Area has, like, two active crew and chicken shit, like... We have Watts, Compton, LA, Bike Life, all that shit here. And then. Like a docu-series? Yeah. So, but we have, I know everybody from all over the nation now, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think I could add to the culture, you know? So that's what I want to do. But what like, about this? Are you going to be, like, once, let's say, what about being a director? What about making movies? Yeah, I think you're getting there. I just. Do you have you aspirations to do that beyond just you're in this life? But, like, do you see yourself becoming, like, an artist? Yeah, I don't think that this is my end-all. I don't think my photography is going to be my end-all stuff. I think that my stuff is going to be producing, directing because of uh, that's what I do. My network is crazy. Like, I could go anywhere pretty much, and I could get and tie in and do stuff and develop shit. And for all the people that we know in our crew, like... I just link people in and, and I 
feather through like all the people and see who's a piece of shit who's not and who deserves <laughs> it you know yeah because i'm not trying to put everybody on like everybody don't get everything right that's the thing everybody doesn't get is everybody thinks that because they know me or they have this and that and i give something to somebody that they deserve it no you don't deserve that shit like show me you deserve it show me that you ain't a piece of shit show me that you're loyal like all that shit everything that yeah, i try yeah. to form my shit around is the same pretense that essay is built around you know what i mean yeah we all support each other we all filter through each other like bro i'm the youngest one out of the crew and i've known these guys for 20 years like you know like we don't let people in essay that's not somebody that's valid like that's a big thing for everybody here. So I fucking feel like I'm going to carry that on in with what I do. So anybody that fucks with me, I got to make sure you're not a piece of shit. You're not going to embarrass us. You're not going to make us look bad. And I need to know who you are. Right. So if I can't do that, you don't get shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you hear you that? Go. You don't get shit if you can't do that. So. I love it, man. Yeah. And, and I, just one, one more thing. What's your Instagram Uh-oh. so like people can check out some of that yeah, footage? Well, it's it's your footage. Um, amazing. My Instagram is Westgrown West underscore grown W E S T underscore G R O W N. Fuck yeah. And then you could see everybody, all my crew, everybody I fuck with is on my page. You go yep. follow them, check them all out, see, tap in, you'll see all the collabs <laughs> coming up this year. Yep. Uh, keep an eye on my boys onto some shit. You'll see them on my Instagram as well. We're gonna be doing some things. So let's keep it moving, man. Thank you, Danny, for coming on the show. You know this yeah. is always this this is the this is like your home too, man. So you, you let's keep it up. Let's not wait a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We and uh, and we'll make sure that we tag everybody and add everybody correctly when your post goes up. And when the show goes up, and yeah, good shit. Chumon, what you got? I gotta go to YouTube to see Wes Grown as well. Yes. You see, it was that guy. I saw the guy with the prosthetics, with the metal prosthetics. Yeah. Was that that dude? That's Lane. Lane. This yeah, shit looks see. fucking fan. Where is this shot at? This is uh, in the hood. It looks like Bounty Hunter. Hunter's hood. Oh, that's why. Nickerson Gardens. That's the Gardens. You see Adeline that shit? Imperial. Nickerson Gardens, what? Look at that. In the trenches. Wow. I love that. Yeah, so you can catch it all on YouTube too. Yeah. So Instagram, YouTube. That's my boy's son right there. What's his name? Do you remember? Billy. Billy. What up, Billy? Another watch. Billy. Look at that. He got a Rolex watch, Rolex chain. Man. Don't get the shit fucked up. Dude, he's already taller than Bushwick Bill. You hear? All right. Listen. www.supermaxhardware.com. Check out some gear. Go to Cosmic Demise. Check it out. Um, let's go to Sean at Movemental.com. Media, media, right. uh, for some you know, podcasts or some music produced. Mike Angelo Photography for some fantastic film. Go to Cosmic Device and buy some gear from my boy Ali Ovando Bowen. Uh, they wear braids to court. Go check out my man. He got Schwartz. Schwartz. He does a number of things. He produces film, TV, music, and showrunner. Hey, Mr. D's here. And he wants to say something. Uh, hold on, he just, hey, Mr. D, we can't hear you. Can you please speak up? All right, here comes Mr. D. I'm Mr. D, and you should listen to the Hard Luck Show because that's the realest motherfucking podcast all around. Stop fucking playing. Yeah! What do you think about that? With that, 
I like to say, adios amigos. Hard, hard luck, luck show, show, bitches. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.